Uh, I'm going to go on with my sermon today. We live in a very uh, peculiar time in our human existence, right? Um, I know that it's happened before, but um, this whole this, we live in this age of Corona, and I think many of you might be feeling, with all of the restrictions that's been happening, with all the masks wearing and the rules that are set into place, a lot of you feel we feel less free, right? I, I particularly felt this this past week when we were talking about like traveling. It's been a year since we were in Vietnam, and I just felt like, oh, like I really want to travel. <laughs> I think our family really enjoys traveling, and so um, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, I really, I really, because you know, when you get on a flight and you go somewhere and you experience new things and and you know, see new things, you get this sense of freedom, you know, and just being able to um, like enjoy, you know, cultures and things like that around the world. And so, uh, I, you know, with all the quarantine laws, I really don't see us traveling anytime soon, and it's made me want to talk about a topic I preached a while back about freedom, right, it's about uh, the sense of freedom that we have, like what does freedom look like and what does it feel like for us as believers, so some of today is going to come from Galatians 5, if you have your Bibles with you, um, if you can turn your Bibles to Galatians 5, uh, it's the first book of the Go Eat Popcorn series, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So, um, Galatians 5, uh, I'll read it for you guys. Uh, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be no advantage to you. Now, he says this. All he, you know, we kind of were just we're picking up um, right in this argument that Paul is laying out about circumcision back then, as the gospel was going out, like a group of Jewish men um, took it upon themselves to say that if a Gentile um, needed to be saved, they also needed to be under the law. They also needed to be circumcised, and so um, this Paul really had issue with this because he felt like he was called to the Gentiles. And, um, and, you know, they're adding to it the law which Jesus Christ came to, um, basically, you know, he, to fulfill the law for us. And so there's this argument about circumcision. And so this is why he brings up the whole thing about circumcision. Um, you, uh, no advantage to you. Verse three, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. So through the Spirit, so through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And so, um, Galatians 5, we starts out with this powerful verse. I believe it's one of the most like important things that we can, as Christians, can understand about uh, our position in the kingdom of God um, when it comes to like scripture and when it comes to what our identity is. And it's, it is about the freedom that we have in Christ. We've all heard it many times. We are free in Christ, right? If the sun sets you free, you know, free indeed, like we are free uh, and, and no longer slaves, no longer under the yoke of slavery, and so it's a very important topic for us. And today I want to talk about what that really means to us as believers. In modern Western culture, one of the most important underlying values is freedom. Right? And if you 
some of, many of you guys are from America, and if you guys are from America, you guys know that, you know, freedom is very important to Americans, right? You know, the American rhetoric is all about freedom, land of the free, home of the brave, freedom of speech, freedom to own a gun, right? It's a big issue in America. You know, free to dress like I want, to act like I want, you know, to, to sleep around with whoever I want, you know, to be the person that I want, to do whatever I want with my body, right? That's kind of like the freedom that is happening, um, you know, around the world. And as society continues to go against the things of God, and we have to understand as believers, right, we can't fool ourselves. The world is going to get worse, right? A lot of people are, are like, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, we, you know, but the Bible tells us that the world will continue to fall away and pull away from the things of God. And so as the world continues to get worse, we're going to see more and more of this worldly understanding of freedom permeate into our cultures and into our thinking. You know, in America and many Western cultures, you know, this sense of freedom is, goes well beyond what the founding fathers ever imagined freedom to look like. You know, in California and most, in a lot of states in America, the marijuana is now legal. You're free to do whatever you want. Um, there's assisted suicide. So if you want to kill yourself and you're old, you want to kill yourself, you, doctors will, you know, help you to do that. And recently, in, in, I read this in, um, it happened like not that long ago, there's three dads of throuple, right? I don't know if you guys have heard, ever heard of the word throuple, but it's three people that come together to have this like, you know, palim, I forget what the word is, but this relationship, and they all fought for the right to have all three of their names in the child's birth certificate, right? So it's like, we want, we want to be free to be, you know, a couple of three, not a couple, but a throuple of three, and um, be parents to this child. And so, you know, Tim Keller talks about a lot of this in this this Oxford University uh, talk that he had, not throuples, but about, you know, freedom, right? About what it is for freedom. And he calls this kind of freedom our Western civilization's baseline cultural narrative, right? Now, that's a lot of words, but it's basically saying that this bottom line of what is driving our cultural narrative is freedom. I'll do what I want. There should be no limits in what I can do. And it's perpetuated by movies and music and is driving this kind of understanding into our culture. Hannah and Mike, you guys should, you guys should know these lyrics by heart. But it says, it's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free, right? This is what, what we're trying to teach. This is what our kids are listening to, right? You know, like, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free, right? Let it go. You know, there's that, like, I'm sure you guys have heard that so many times that is, your ears are bleeding. And so the world is driving in this understanding of freedom into our society and our culture. I'm free to do what I, I want, right? There's no rights, no wrongs, no rules for me. And the modern definition of freedom is having no constraints or restraints. I do what I want and, and I have no limits. You know, whatever I want to do, I should be able to do. Now, in this talk that Tim Keller gives in Oxford University, he says this type of freedom is not attainable and is not sustainable. It's a fantasy. Okay, there's no such thing as total freedom. We all live under the constraints of society and the laws of nature. And because we're under the constraints of society and the laws of nature, 
like what you will see in your pursuit of freedom and the freedoms that you are going to, going to run after, it's going to conflict with other freedoms in your life. Right? Right? It's not freedom, but it's freedoms. And your freedoms will conflict. I'm going to explain this to you. Okay, I'll give you a good example. Say you want to be free to travel around the world. Right? You want to be like those people that you know, like are always on vacation and you know, travel and like you know, see new cultures, see famous places. And, and, and experience art and experience culture and like go around the world and you want the freedom to do that. Well, that's awesome. But you have to understand that traveling and experiencing culture is not free, right? Who's ever taken a trip somewhere and it was free, right? Unless it's like a local park, if you're going to get on an airplane, you need money, right? And unless you're some kind of like a, you know, a trust fund baby, and you have access to all the money in the world. If you want to travel and experience culture, you're going to need a job at one point. You have to work from nine to five or, you know, whatever hours that you work. And you actually give up your freedom, right, to do what you want so that you can, and deny certain luxuries in your life so that you can eventually feel free and travel around the world and experience cultures and do all that stuff. Freedoms are commodities in the world. Okay, freedoms cost something. You want the freedom to eat whatever you want, whenever you want? Well, it's going to cost you in the freedom of your health and the way that you look, right? I like, I saw this Instagram post and this girl was saying like, like, uh, like a girl's dream is not finding the perfect man, but is being able to eat whatever you want and not gain weight, right? Right? I, I feel like, I, I, to me, I feel like all oh, that, like, like rings true with me, right? But I feel like, if you really want to just do whatever you want, live however you want, right? Eat whatever I want and not do anything, right? There is a freedom that you're going to lose. You're going to lose the freedom of having, you know, looking good and being healthy. If you want the freedom to sit around all day, eat pizza and play video games, it's going to cost you the freedom of having gainful employment and having the means and the money to do things with your life. And if you want the freedom to like slip, sleep around with all the people that you want, you know, go and, and willy-nilly, like, you know, do, you know, yeah, promiscuous and all that, you're going to miss out on the freedom of having true, meaningful relationship, right? And you, and you can have adverse health effects into your life as well. So, you might be saying money is freedom, right? You know, a lot of people think, like, if you have money, you're, you're free. But having a lot of money is not freedom. If you've ever seen really rich people, right, they're some of the most, like, bondaged people that you ever see. They're, they're, they have all this money and so they try their best and they work hard and they do everything to keep it and to get more, right? Because money is very demanding. Right? If you have a certain amount of money, right, and, 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 and you, you, you enjoy it, then you're going to ultimately like keep it, right? And so it's not like you make this money and you're going to have it forever. You have to continue to add to it and there's this demanding, this, this greed and this, this thing that starts to really like, like, like keep you in bondage to what what the Bible says is is the evils of money. Freedom is not the absence of constraint; it's finding the liberating constraint. Right? It's finding the certain constraints in your life that actually helps you to be free. And so, this understanding of freedom that the world is trying to sell us—you know, like I do what I want, no rights, no wrongs, no rules for me—it's false and it's actually unattainable. We have to understand that. Right? You know, you, you live by no rules, you know, at first you're going to feel free, but eventually it'll catch up to you. Soon it's going to start to cost 
freedoms in your life. Take me for example. I'm the, the perfect example, right? There was a season in my life where I just wanted to be free, right? All the constraints of society, I'm like, screw it all. I'm just going to go and live my life and enjoy it to the fullest, right? And I did. And I just like, my life just went into shambles. And, you know, I felt free for a while, but eventually I actually lost my freedom in the process. And so there's no such thing as this total freedom, you know, like perfect freedom. It doesn't exist. But what exists is a strategic loss of some freedoms to strategically gain other freedoms. Now, we have to keep this in mind um, before we go on to our next point that, you know, freedom, there is a cost to freedom. You have to understand one thing about, um, you know, about freedom is that it's also something that it's not a condition in your life, right? Like a, like a certain set of circumstances does not necessarily make you free. It's not so much situations or circumstances, but freedom is something that you experience in your heart and in your mind, right? Um, it's something that we feel. We feel freedom. Not only is freedom something that we have, but it's something that we experience, right? Now, there's a strong correlation between us feeling and experiencing freedom and love. I want, I want you to think of a time that you felt really free and, and really just, just you know, think of a time. Everybody think of a time where you just felt really free, right? And I guarantee you, all of you guys will be thinking about either doing something that you love or you're with somebody that you love or you're in a place that you love, right? Because freedom is very interrelate, inter like dependent upon love. You, freedom is very closely tied to what we love and what we desire. What drives true freedom is love. And this is just not a, it's not just a Christian thing, but it's just the way that human beings are wired. There's there's that old saying like love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life, right? Right? So if you really want to be free, you have to be doing or you have to be somewhere or you have to be with somebody that you love. Right? Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I don't know if you're laughing or not. but And so, one of the, like, like it's so inter, interlinked with something that you love and our experiences of freedom and how we feel freedom. Right? It has so much to do with the desires of our heart and, and, and the things that we love. Like, if I look back at my life, and one of the most like, like, freest that I ever felt in my life was when I was in high school. You know, when you're younger, you feel a lot more free, right? You actually have less freedom. I remember, like, you know, I always had to be home at a certain time, and I had, but like, I just like, like, when you're young, you know, you don't have all of the like the 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 crushing things of adulthood on you, and so you feel a lot more free, right? And I remember in high school. Like we had this thing called I, I've told this story before. We had this thing called surf class where in the morning, like Tuesday and Thursday, you go to the beach really early in the morning as a class for school and then you just surf all day. Not all day, but until like eight o'clock. And you come you know, you take a shower, you, and then you don't have to do first period, you start second period. And then on Monday, Wednesday and Friday you get to sleep in and start second period. And so like I remember you only you have to be a junior or a senior to take this and my sister told me like you should take that class she recommended it, and so I took it, and I remember you have to wake up early. You have to wake up like at f like 4.30, 5 o'clock to be able to get out the, at the beach by 5.30, right? And I, I lived only about 10 minutes from the beach, and so I would I'd wake up really early. I'd lose my sleep, right? 
But I would get out there and then you, you get out in the ocean and the sun is starting to rise. I surfed a long time ago. I didn't always look like this, right? I was young. I was fit. And I loved the, I loved the ocean. And I remember we'd be out there and like early in the morning, the waves are perfect and you're just, the water in California is super warm. Right? Even in the morning, it's still like, you know, you could still be out there and just swimming trunks. And I remember going out there and we're like, like surfing and just like, like, like thinking like, oh, this is like, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this, right? Because I really love the ocean. Right? Being in the ocean, even now, like there's no way that I'm going to live in Seoul because I love Busan so much because of the ocean, right? Like, like people would have to pay me a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money for me to move to Seoul because I love the ocean. I love being in the ocean. And so like that moment that when I look back at like the biggest, like the, the most free that I ever felt was like when I was in the ocean and just like, so sometimes we would be like out there and we would see like dolphins go by. And at first we'd freak out because we think it's a shark and we're like, oh, they're dolphins. And you're just like, you're just loving life. And it has, and, and the sense of freedom that I had was so interlocked with the things that I loved, right? Being somewhere that I loved, being somewhere and, and doing something that I loved. And here's the point to all of this freedom talk. The world thinks that they're free. Right? No rights, no wrongs, no rules for me, I'm free. But they're not free. In fact, they're enslaved not only to the sins of this world, because they're enslaved to the sins of this world, they're enslaved to death, ultimately. Right? They're going to all you know, experience the death that we, we will experience if we don't have Christ. But to the, also to the things that they're living for. Everybody is living for something, right? You can you can ask like like non Christians like nobody's just like just living. They're all living for something, and, and they're all in they're all in this in, enslaved to the things that they're living for in this world. And the world will say that Christians are not free. They'll look at us and we're living under all these rules, right? And we're li- li- living all, with all these limitations and things and restraints and restrictions and you have, can't just sleep in on Sunday, you gotta go to church and like, you know, you can't do this and you can't, you can't go clubbing and, you know, you can't do all of this stuff. And the world will say that we as Christians, that we're the ones that are not free and that we're in slavery. But Paul is saying is, to some this is slavery, but what they fail to understand and what they do not account for when they see a Christian following in, in the faith in Jesus Christ is the love. Is the love. Right? They don't understand that we love Jesus and Jesus loves us. I talked about it earlier, right? Freedom can really comes from when we're experiencing something that we love. And so when a Christian looks at me, Right? And says, oh, I mean, not a Christian. When a non-Christian sees me and me living under all of this restrictions and all of this stuff, they don't understand the love. But then you have to understand, love changes everything. Galatians 5, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Verse 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Paul is saying, if you place yourself under the law, you have to fulfill the whole law. You have to be perfect. And what Jesus brings to the table through his perfect atoning sacrifice means nothing to you. It benefits you nothing, right? It's no advantage to you. He says, saying whether you are circumcised or not, whether you follow the law or not, whether you obey God's commandment or not, that doesn't matter. 
Because what does matter to God is faith working through love. That's what he's saying. He's saying like, it's not about the law. It's not about like all of the, the things that like you do and all of the things that you don't do and whether you're circumcised or not, you know, whether, whether you follow this or follow that. It all comes down to faith working in love. True faith, if you true, have true faith in Jesus Christ, the love of Christ and the love of God will grow in us and it's that love that leads us into obedience. It's the love that leads us into faithfulness and living according to His will. What matters is your faith in Christ operating in your love and in your life through Him. True faith in Jesus Christ produces love. And love is the only true motivation when it comes to following God. I want to say that again. Love is the only motivation when it comes to following God. Did you guys hear that? All right, that's the bottom line. There is no other really, there is no motivation for following God and Jesus that works besides love. Because everything else is works, is the law, and it leads to what? It leads to death. But the only true motivation that's going to keep us following God and on the right path and actually feel free in following Him is love. Because if you truly understand love, not just your love for God, but God's love for you, which came first, you understand and you put your faith in His love and when God's amazing love for you transforms your heart and causes you to love Him and His people, obedience will stop being work to you. You won't try to earn something from God. And you won't go off living like willy-nilly, doing whatever you want and abusing grace. When true love is involved, obeying and following God's commandments stops being something that you have to do, but it's something that you want to do. You, something that you desire to do. And there is liberation in that. There is freedom in that. You guys understand? Because love makes us free to do not only what we want to do, but what we have been created to do. And what we have been created to be is to be in the image of Jesus. And that is true freedom. We are free to do what we want to do, which is to follow Jesus. Because, why? We love Him. Right? Those of you guys have, that have been in love, and I hope everybody that's married here raises your hand. Or anybody that's engaged in here, raises your hand. Anybody that's been, been in love, right? We know that, you know, like, love, when we love our spouses, and when we love, you know, like, like it's not a rational thing in our mind, right? It's not about the law or the letter. It's about love. So, like, like, like being obedient and, being, and loving our wives and loving our, our husbands is, is, has less to do with like steps that we learn to do, but it's something that starts to like flow out of us. You know, it's a freedom there that comes from the love that we have for each other. That's true freedom. We are free to do what we want to do, which is follow Jesus. And when we are free to do what we want to do, that's how we die to sin. People think like the best people that, you know, those people that are so righteous, you know, and so like, you, you, you can never imagine them sinning. Like, you know, like those people that you look at, oh, like, they, oh, they, you know, certain pastors will come to mind and like, oh, you can't never, oh, I can't imagine them like even like, 
they're saying anything, you know, sinful. It's not because they're trying so hard not to sin. It's because they have a love for God that is in them that is so great that it causes them to feel the freedom of just following Jesus and being who that He wants us to be. It's love that keeps us from moralism and lawlessness. Trying to earn our salvation is moralism, right? We try to be moral. And then abusing grace to do whatever we want is lawlessness. And Paul warns against both of these sides. He's like, don't be like, you know, don't be moralistic. Don't be like the people that are under the law, but also don't abuse grace and don't be like, you know, just live your life willy-nilly. But the only thing that's going to keep you on the right path is faith operating in love. Faith, the true gospel, produces in you a love that makes following Jesus like like a blessing and, and, and free. And it's a freedom to do what we want to do in Christ. And it's a freedom the world can't deliver. The world can't give us this sense of freedom. Paul is saying this is a freedom that Christ has set us free for. Set us free from the wages of sin, right? We're free from death. And that's a huge thing, right? And then he sets us free from the ritualistic, the empty religious striving and working and earning our salvation. And he sets us free from the power of sin. He has set us free from all these things for what? For a freedom that comes from a true love relationship with Jesus. A freedom to do and be and run after what we love and what we love the most, which is God. And it's what we have been created for. It's what we have been created to be. And some Christians have the misconception that when we are saved, it's impossible for us to sin. Like we don't have the capacity to sin. But you know what? We can all still sin. And we all do sin. And if everybody in here says that they don't sin, you're a liar, right? We all sin, right? We all like, you know, we're sinful creatures. But faith operating in love Right, true love, you don't you don't want to sin. There's a repentance there. That's the difference between the people of the world and, and believers, is that although we are still in sin, right, God has changed our heart so that there is a desire, there's a repentance in our heart that keeps us from wanting to sin. That's what repentance is. It's a repentance in our hearts. I believe like you know, like, you know, people think like, oh, like, if you want to come to church and, you, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, be a good believer and if you want to be a good leader at church, you have to like, you know, keep your, you know, like, make sure that you don't sin and make sure that you're doing everything right. You know what, you know what we ra- I would rather have coming into our church? Somebody that is like not so, you know, like all about, you know, not doing this, not doing that, but somebody that's truly repentant. Give me one person that is truly repentant, right? And I'll, and I'll show you somebody that, that, that can do something for the kingdom of God. It comes down to repentance. The freedom is defined as the power or the right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. When we are in Christ, our freedom comes from what we want. When we want, and when what we want is God. And it comes from love. No, sometimes when I have a sin problem, is not so much a sin problem, but it's a love problem. I feel far from God, and it's that I, it's not like I stop loving God, but it's I, I stop like realizing how much God truly loves me. 
Christianity is the only religion where God loves his people. It's his love that makes all the difference. It's his love that changes and transforms us. It's his love that gives us his heart. It's his love that saves us. It's his love that, that was given to us through the person and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? It's the only religion that has a God that genuinely and above everything else loves his people. And when the world looks at that, they think we're crazy. Not only crazy, but stupid, right? The world thinks Christians are stupid. All these rules and regulations, and we follow all of these things, but the world doesn't know what we know, and it's the love of God. It's the love of Christ. And so Paul says, now these three remains, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. right? The greatest of these is love. Do you know how much God, God loves you? How much you're accepted? How much you're cherished and delighted? God delights in you, right? I delight in my kids, right? There's moments where I look at my kids, I'm like, ah, right? And there's times where I, they drive me crazy, right? But I'm not going to throw them away. I love them. I cherish them. And that's just a small, tiny fragment of the lesson that God gives us about how much He loves and delights in us. Right? When we become parents, right, we, you, you learn a little bit of God's love for us. A little bit more, I believe. Right? It starts with, you know, we learn about God's love you know, as singles, then we get married, and then we're like, oh, like you learn a little bit more about God's love. Because then when you have a kid, it's like you understand the Father's heart. You understand, oh my goodness, God loves me this much. Cause I love my kids, right? I love my kids. There's like nothing that I would like, you know, not give them. We went to the mall yesterday and I just, I, like, you know, there's like toys. I'm like, oh, I just want to buy them everything, right? And just a small fraction of how much the Lord delights in you. How much the Lord delights in us. And here's the amazing thing about this freedom that we have in Christ. It transcends our circumstances. So you don't have to be physically free to experience His freedom. Because God wants to free us in your heart and in your mind. Because only when we are free in our heart and in our minds are we going to experience true freedom out in the world. Right, this is the opposite of the world. What does the world say? Say, if you want to feel free, remove those con constraints. You know, Remove those restrictions from your life and you will feel free. As the people go on vacation, they go to the edge of the Grand Canyon, they look at the huge Grand Canyon, and they like, wow, they feel, they feel free for a moment. But then they come home, and that freedom, the sense of freedom is lost. And people work their, their butts off to accumulate all this wealth, and they feel like, oh, I can do so many things with all this money that I have accumulated, this wealth that I have accumulated. But then there's still no freedom because they're constantly trying to keep it or to make more. But the, the Bible and God is less about bringing freedom into your surroundings and your circumstances, but more about freedom in your heart and in your mind. Paul talks about this in Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the what? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's how Christians are able to find true freedom 
in the face of opposition, in the face of oppression, in the face of suffering, in the face of trials. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, uh, heard about Voice of the Martyrs, right? But it's like, this organization is all around the world and, and they go and they record and they, they support and they, they, they raise funds to help, you know, people around the world that are being persecuted. And there's all these people. You know, there's, there's Christians dying for their faith every day. All the time. We don't see it here because in Korea, you know, this a, this, we, we feel the, the, the physical freedom of living in a country like this. We don't feel it so much when you're in America, but like, like, like big parts of the world, huge parts of the world, all around the world, there are people, Christians, that are being persecuted and they're dying for their faith. And, and as they're in this predicament of dying for their faith, they have an understanding of freedom that is beyond this world and their earthly bodies. Right? What will what will lead somebody to 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 face death? Right? Somebody says, "If you don't denounce Jesus Christ, I'm gonna shoot you." Right? What will lead that person to say, "You know what? They should be." Right? What are they experiencing in them that will lead them to 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 to, to give up their earthly lives for the gospel? It's the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. They have experienced this freedom that not even death can take away from them. That's what God says, Jesus says, that, that, and Paul says it here in Galatians 5, that we, Jesus Christ died so that we can have this kind of freedom in our lives. A freedom that is beyond circumstances, a freedom that is beyond what's happening around us, but it's a f- true freedom that comes from understanding who Jesus Christ is. Now before I close, I want to leave you with a warning that Paul gives us. He gives us his warning. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Do not submit, stand firm. The the New Living Translation says, Make sure you stay free. And here's the thing. We, We may know and experience the freedom that we have in Christ but it doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to remain there. Because we have this thing in us called the flesh. Right? Although God sees us blameless in justification through the perfect atoning sacrifice of Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're always going to be perfect and blameless you know, in how we live, because that requires sanctification. And he's talking about the sinful nature that we all have to go against the things of God. the contrary things to God that that is in us. We all have a sinful nature. And Paul is saying, stand firm. Don't submit because your flesh is going to try to get you back into that place of slavery when you start to thinking like, hey, right? it's not about Jesus so much as like what I can do for myself. It's not about Jesus, about what I can accumulate in this world. It's not about Jesus so much as as the, the, the pleasures that I can find in this world and we're going to start going after it. I find that I drift sometimes like this. I know the gospel, I know that God's grace, His love, His faith, faithfulness, His righteousness. I know all these things, but I tend to drift out of that sometimes and back into works, sin, shame, condemnation. And, and what I find out about myself when I'm in this way is that you know, I feel far from God, but it's also I'm, I'm allowing the flesh to rise up in me. Right? I can just feel, I can just sense this flesh. 
this fleshiness, right? It's like this, this, like, you know, when I, like, like, it comes up to me, something, you know, like, you know, when you're driving and somebody does something really stupid and you're just like, you're, you're just like, ah, and then, and then like, you know, you, you, for a moment, you're like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. But then it's like, ah, how dare you? You know, like, that's your flesh, right? It's unforgiveness. It's, it's wrath. And all of these things are still inside of you. And then Paul says, make sure that you remain and you stay free. And he gives us the answer for this in verse 16. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. Or these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the law are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Paul is saying, walk by the Spirit, follow the Spirit. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The Bible says that if we are sons of God, so sons, we have the Spirit of God in us, right? and the Holy Spirit is leading us, leading us to do what we want to do, and you become, and you are the sons of God. You're doing the things that God wills for you in your life. But what does it say? Verse 17 says, The desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So the flesh basically is keeping you from doing the things you want to do, which is to follow God. The spirit is leading you to do what you want to do, which is to follow God and I want to ask you the, the question is who's louder is the spirit louder or is the flesh louder in you Paul is saying they're opposed to one another you can't have a whole lot of the spirit and at the same time a whole lot of the flesh right just doesn't work that way right as the flesh increases your spirit the spirit present or the spirit's like influence in your life is going to start to decrease and as the spirit's influence in your life starts to increase your flesh is going to decrease and then he's saying which is more louder in your life it's like a seesaw one goes up the other has to go down and I believe it comes down to what you are feeding on are you feeding your flesh with the things that are satisfying your flesh or are you feeding the spirit with the things that are satisfying your spirit? Here's the thing. God gives us free will and every day we have a choice. A lot of times we think Christianity is all about this exterior thing that happens to us, you know? Like something like, you know, like one of those like, you know, scans like zing and it's like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm going to start living my life the way that God wants me to. No. Christianity is a choice. Every day, you have to wake up in the morning, you have to choose to do what God calls you to do. You have, every day, you wake up in the morning and you choose Jesus Christ first. It's a choice. He gives us free will. 
And he's choosing. He says, God says, and when you wake up, are you going to pick up your cross and walk and choose the Spirit? Or are you going to allow your flesh to rise up? And you're going to be all like living in the flesh all day long. It's a choice. And he gives us his equation. You plus the Spirit is life. You plus the flesh equals death. Romans 8, 6. For the... For, the, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And God continues to give us a choice. He's saying, choose the spirit. Denying your flesh every day is not going to get you saved, but it's going to get you sanctified. It's going to give you the fruit of the spirit. You wake up every morning and you say, I choose Jesus. I choose the spirit. It's a choice. Right? I want you guys to see it in this way. A lot of times we let our emotions run wild with us, right? Have you ever just woken up and just in a bad mood? You wake up, you're like, ah! And then like Mina will say something and I'm like, ah, 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 I'll get mad at her. And then now there's like end like strife between us and then now we're just having a bad day. And then now I go to my kids and be like, clean up this mess, right? Right? It's it, it, like we just let our emotions and our, our feelings, but you know what? Our emotions are so tied in with our flesh. And then we just let it run amok and go wild. But, you, but I want you guys to see it in this way. It's a choice. It's a choice. You can experience the freedom that you have in Christ. You choose Jesus. You choose the things of the Spirit. Right? And then as every time you choose, like, like something's going to start to shift in you and your heart's going to start to... And your emotions are going to start to be different and you're going to start to walk in a different just a spirit altogether. You plus the spirit equals life. You plus flesh equals death. And he continues to give us a choice. If you want to remain in that place of freedom, a freedom that comes from the love of God, and you want to stand firm, Paul is saying, choose the spirit. Choose it. Walk in step with the spirit. Every day it's a choice. It's not going to happen automatically. I wish it did. I wish I would wake up and it'd be like, Shiong. You know, like, like you open the window and it just happens like, like the grace of the Lord just comes upon you and you're like, Oh, my love, how are you doing? Oh, kids, you know, let me clean up this mess for you and let me make you guys breakfast and, you know, Shiong. And he said, No! That would be awesome. But, you know, God gives us free will. And that's the amazing thing about it. He gives us free will so that He can love us. You know that? That we could choose Him. And it's that choice, us choosing Jesus, us choosing the Spirit of God, that's going to start to change us and sanctify us. Stand firm. Step, be in step with the Spirit. Don't do it out of duty. Don't do it out of obligation. Right? But do it out of love because you love Jesus. And when you mess up and you choose the flesh, there's no condemnation. You don't lose your standing before God. He says, choose me. Repent. Turn. Right? And turn back to me. It's the whole thing of repentance. A life of freedom in Christ is a life choosing to follow the Spirit of God. Through faith producing love, God's love in you. Where the Spirit of the Lord says what? There is freedom. Last thing, and I'll close with this. Freedom is not experienced alone, but it's experienced in community. Verse 13, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are not called to be free in a vacuum. 
Right? This freedom that you have is never meant to be in a vacuum, but in community. You were called, you were not called to be free, isolated, just you and God, but called to be free in communion with one another and God. Because the love that you need for you to be free, that love is from God, but has grown in community, is nurtured and perfected in community, serving one another in love. And it's Jesus' top two commandments, right? Love God, love each other. And that's where we're going to be able to find the true freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. First John 4.12 No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. And in that love, we will find the freedom that we are called to have. The freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. It's not about the law. It's not about rules that we follow. It's not about obligations that we have. But it comes down to love. God loves you so much. Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much that He died on the cross for you. Gave up His life. And in that love, you're going to be able to find the freedom to follow Him and to be led by Him and to follow the Spirit and to choose the Spirit of God daily. Let's pray.